Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Happy Hour History. I'm your host, Caden, uh, here for the second part of our Edward II and Isabella the She-Wolf of France episode, here with my friend uh, CJ. Hello again, everybody. It's your favorite co-host. I honestly don't know why. He was just flexing when he said that, and it was really... <laughs> yeah, you guys couldn't see that, but I was I was showing off my gains, Who are you trying which to are prove? non-existent. What, what are you proving to us here today? I just want to be liked, okay? <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. Um, but, so, as you just guys... find my Gustavo. There you go. Yeah. Oh, sorry, um, Lemsip. What was it? Lemsip Gaveston. 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 <laughs> I know you're going to keep saying it wrong, but oh, I'm going to keep being like, it's Gaveston. Part of it is me forgetting his name. Part of it is just for the lols. Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, if you guys haven't listened to part one of this episode, you're going to want to start there. Otherwise, I'm about to spoil everything for you. Um, so definitely pause this and go back and listen to the first bit or just to remind yourself. Um, but as usual, for anyone who does listen to this podcast, you should know that we do discuss pretty strong content, so um, this is going to be filled with murder and um, topics of, like, feminism and homosexuality, so, like, it's going to get pretty dark. Um, we also have no filter on our language, so there's going to be sex jokes, there's going to be loads and loads of swearing, um, so just prepare yourselves for that, and if you're not into it, of course, um, totally your prerogative to click out of this podcast don't give me bad reviews because I'll be sad about it. Um, and as always, so sorry, Mom. But with that, uh, let's get back into kind of a recap of what happened last time. Last episode, I was telling you the story of Isabella and Edward. Do you remember anything besides Gaveston? Just out of curiosity, before I do the recap. I mean, he's definitely the highlight. Boy of my dreams. Um, Hashtag gone too soon. But, um, (laughs) no, I definitely remember a lot, actually. I learned a surprising amount. I'm glad. Because of the tipsiness. Um, Yeah, I learned about how he, uh, Gaveston, was exiled and then he found his new boy toy, Hugh Mungus. No, Hugh Dispenser. Yes! Yes. Oh, um, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I only remember because I used to call him Soap in my head. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, they became not necessarily a sexual couple, uh, from what I remember, but they were definitely involved in some way. Yeah, they may um, have been sexual. We don't know. in crime. Yeah, it could have had a sexual element. It could have. I, I like to think that it did. Yeah, it mean... I mean, it might have been, it might have been one of those things where, like, thinking no homo while doing mm. some really, really homosexual Absolutely, things yes. because he wanted the king's favorite. So it's possible that it was like a no homo. I situation. mean, it's, it's like what, it's like the old saying, you know, even spaghetti is uh, straight until it gets wet. So. <laughs> oh, yes. No. So that's uh, that's a great quote. Um, yeah. So then he found Hugh and Isabella was just getting cucked at every corner of anything he did until she was like, yeah, you know what? Um, I still am going to fight for you because I'm a cuck, but at the same time, then Hugh <gasps> and Isabella. him, like, ran away together, 
And she was like, you know what, I've had enough of this shit. And she's like, at her low point, yeah. she's about to fight for, about to become from, from cuck to, to, to queen. Yes. Yeah. So that's actually a really good recap. So I'll yeah. just kind of fill in the details. So yes. basically, Isabella and Edward got married when she was quite young. He had his first fling with Gaveston, and then uh, the nobles kind of made him be exiled, and eventually he was... Um, killed, so it's just a hot mess with that whole situation. Eventually, he gets a second kind of favorite, and that was, as you said, Dispenser. And Dispenser decides to kind of ruin anyone who has um, any sway over the king. So he gets rid of a lot of the nobles. He really um, um, undermines them all. The Dispenser War ends up with a lot of the nobles being dead. He then tries to turn on Isabella. He takes her land. He takes her children from her, except for her eldest. And eventually, she goes to France. And once she's in France, she's like, I just don't really want to go home. And so she's just doing her thing there for a while. But they've cut off her funding. So that's kind of where we left her with no friends, hanging out in France with her brother who likes her but isn't, like, that willing to support her. (laughs) Relatable. (laughs) So, you know, he's like, you're an adult, you're a queen, get your own support. She's like, well, my country is hardcore sucking right now, so. Yeah. Isabella's not doing great. No, but this is is her comeback episode. I'm excited. So she's the comeback queen. Um, So... That's where we left off, so I'll just pick up straight from there. So we come back in with this tyranny in England being led by Edward and Spencer. Um, and he, like I said, was using power to gain lands and to make himself richer, and he has control over kind of the royal children, so he is doing hot for himself. Um, and so Isabella's in France. She has her funding cut, and so she's pretty annoyed. Um, part of, so Isabel had originally gone there to create a peace because there were all these issues, like I said last episode, where Edward was supposed to go to France and, um, pay homage to the French king because he owns Gascony and Gascony is, um, a French duchy. And so anyone who has like a dukedom, a duchy in France is meant to pay homage to the French king. But Edward as the king of England doesn't want to do that. And that had been like a point of contention for ages, whether it was Gascony, sometimes it was Normandy or Aquitaine. So this had really always been an issue, and the kings of England hated having to pay homage to the French king. So what um, Isabella goes over there, and she's trying to make peace about these issues, and eventually they decide that Edward still has to go pay homage to the French king, but he has six months to wait because he was meant to do it ages ago. So they give him kind of like an extension. Um <laughs> But when the time comes, he still doesn't want to leave because, as I said, if he leaves, he's worried that his nobles will try to kill Dispenser, and Dispenser is not allowed on French land. So he doesn't want to leave him alone. So there's this, once again, you have this issue of not being able to pay homage to the French king. And so Izzy decides that the best option, and um, this is actually kind of something that was pretty common back then to do. It was kind of a way to get out of the situation with everyone's pride intact, was that they would invest their son as, like, um, Duke of Gascony so that he would technically own the lands, and then their son, the prince, Prince Edward, or Lil' Eddie, he then goes and pays homage to the French king so that Edward, the king, doesn't have to do it, and everyone sort of saves face. So... Edward decides that he will agree to do this. He will name his son Duke of Gascony and send him over to France. Now, this is a big mistake for Edward, 
But he is smart enough to say that she has to return when their son comes. So they don't want to... He doesn't want them in France at the same time. Okay. But he's stupid enough to send Edward before she returns. So he should have had them, like, on the ocean at the same time. Yeah, that would have been smart. (laughs) So, yeah, they should have been crossing the channel, like, concurrently so that one was going and one was coming. But he instead sends little Edward and when... When Lil Ed departs his boat and hugs his mother, he says, Okay, Mom, now you're supposed to get on the boat that just dropped me off, and Mm. it'll take you back to England. That's not what happens. Oh, dear. So she realizes that this is her trump card. Mm. She has her son, Mm -hmm. the heir to the throne, in her protection. Yeah. Out of the country. And out of her um, her husband's kind of... Rule. Yeah, he yeah. can't interfere now because he... Like I said, he's stuck in England. He can't yeah. leave without Spencer being killed. Right. So it's a mess. <laughs> um, but she has, you know, she has her power play. She, um, you know, she hits the back of the chessboard and she says, you know, check. Yes. Not quite checkmate, but check. Check for now, yeah. We're in check. So it's getting a little dangerous. So she then goes back to the French court and she and her son, um, she like she has her son with her. And so she goes and speaks out against Dispenser publicly to the French court. She says that she will wear the clothing of a widow until her husband is no longer under Dispenser's thumb. Because at this point, she's basically a widow. Her husband is dead to her. He's like literally just basically fucked off with this other person. Yeah. And he's, yeah, he's taken, Dispenser has taken from her, her husband. And so she almost doesn't consider, like she considers herself married, but Mm. almost as if her husband is now dead. Right. Yeah. So she's not speaking out against her husband, which is still important. She's only trying to get rid of Dispenser. So even years and years after kind of all of this going down and everything with, um, with his first lover and all mm. these issues, she is still not condemning the king because she knows that that's going to be an issue. Right, yeah. Um, but she is condemning Spencer and the effect that he has on the king and on England. Because it ain't, it ain't a great effect. No. <laughs> At this point, they are writing letters to each other, though. Aww, so she's cute. writing to him, and she addresses him in one of her letters as, My very sweetheart. And they she does, throughout her letters... Um, I won't kind of get into reading them all or anything, but Mm. she does throughout her letters refer to him with terms of endearment and express her affection for him. Mm. And so I know I haven't told you the end of the story yet and you don't know the end, but for anyone who knows the end of the story, a lot of people think that because it does get quite dark from here, that she never loved him and that Mm. um, they had always hated each other. But there's a lot of evidence to suggest that actually she really did care for him. It might not have been this, like, intensely passionate heterosexual relationship because they probably weren't, like, you know, that... Holding hands. They probably weren't very sexually compatible. We know they had children, but that was kind of a duty. Yeah. That was what you did as a king. So he probably knew that he had to be with her sexually. But I would doubt that they were, like, you know, going at it all the time. He had Mm. his own things happening. But I do think she cared for him. And so a lot of people try to play it off as though she didn't, and I just don't, I don't think that's right. I think it's just, I think she cared about him a lot, because, like, she, if she didn't care about him, she wouldn't have been so, you know, accepting of yeah. his things, and she would have been a lot harsher on him for what he did yeah. to her and stuff. So and a lot of people do think 
that this is her like acting mm. and that seems ridiculous to me that, that she would act in letters that she privately yeah sent to him. i mean she still could be trying to like sway him true yeah. and so like playing to his mm. um affections and stuff or like trying to make it seem like she's this loving wife but honestly like because after this there's going to be like a man in her life as well yeah. and a lot of people are like she must have loved the second guy and not edward but the thing is we have evidence of her being loving to mm. edward and no real evidence of her being loving to the next guy. No. So a lot of people think that she's, like, this crazy revenge bitch. Mm. But actually, I think she did love him and eventually just got fed up. I, I think it's a classic case of, you know, you've got the, the super um, subservient girlfriend slash wife character. who It's, you know, relatable to many people in everyday life. They get with a kind of douchebag boyfriend. Yes. They let him kind of be a dick and they're like oh no it's okay hon I can change him I can change him I can change him. him and then eventually she's like you know what I'm <laughs> sick of being like just completely treated like an, an idiot yeah and she, pro- she probably like had a Sunday brunch with her girlfriends and they're <laughs> like hon you better leave his ass cause he you can do so much you better you can do better they all got a little bit drunk they all and then tipsy and she was like you know what there's this guy over at the bar you go talk to him he looks like a naughty dude that's guy. my role as a friend like I'm <laughs> never the friend I'm never the Isabella friend. I'm no. always the other one in the group being like, leave, leave him. Ass. <laughs> leave him. Um, that I actually think- reminds me, I went to see Waitress last night, the oh, musical, fine. and that's all about a girl having to leave her douchebag husband. Well, I think Isabella's finally realized that, you know what, she can do better. She's a young, you She's know, a queen. rich queen. She could get any guy she wanted. So why is she stuck with this douchebag who doesn't treat her yeah. right? So she's going to soon give up on him. But currently she's still calling him my very sweetheart. Yeah. And so she does write um, letters to Edward. And he writes letters to her imploring her to come home. Um, and saying, like, you're going to be fine. You'll be safe. That sounds kind of like bullshit. Absolutely. Um, at one point she writes a letter to the Archbishop of Canterbury. This is in early 1326. Okay. And she tells the Archbishop... That she wants more than anything to return to her husband. That seems maybe like it's a bit dramatic. That's probably her being a bit, yeah. But she does want to return to her husband, but she doesn't dare do so because she thinks that if she returns, Hugh Dispenser will have her killed. Hmm. So maybe not in a way that's like overtly, you know, having her arrested and executed, but maybe like Hugh Dispenser gets like a hitman basically and like poisons her or like kills her in the night. Yeah. Because that, like that kind of stuff this royal intrigue, mm. it does happen sometimes. Oh, yeah, especially and so, when you're with people as shady as fucking soap man. Yeah, so he might not have used, like, the king, because the king probably wouldn't have been like, kill my wife. Mm-mm. So he wouldn't have done it legally, but it is possible that Dispenser could have had her killed. Yeah. And so she was very afraid of that. She knew she was the last obstacle mm. to having full control full over control, the king. Oh, yeah. So she, just, she says she would love to return, she wants to be queen of England and be present, but she's just not safe. Mm. Um, Edward, of course, is still writing, saying, please return, please return. He even, um, he even at one point says that he will make sure that all of her lands and money are, like, restored to her when she comes back. And she's, like, that's not, like, that's not gonna happen. How stupid do you think I am? (laughs) I'm not an idiot. I know that he's already taken those lands, probably. Like, I'm not gonna believe you. So she continues to stay away. Um, at this point, she kind of realizes that she definitely won't be able to rely on her brother to protect her. Um, there was that kind of anti-French feeling at the time in England, so she knew that if she used her brother for full protection to, like, reinstate her as Queen of England, the people would be like, 
this French bitch come in with her French army. Yeah. Like, it would look so bad. Yeah, yeah. So she knew that she couldn't fully rely on her brother. She had to get other help. And so she finds one of those nobles who had originally um, had Gaveston killed. So he wasn't killed in the Dispenser War, but he did fight on the side of the nobles, and his name is Roger Mortimer. So she decides to use Roger Mortimer for protection, He was a noble, like I said, who had fought on the side of the nobles during the Dispenser War. He'd actually been imprisoned at one point and broke out, which is pretty cool. Um, So he was on that prison break show. He was excellent at breaking out of medieval torture prisons. I mean, she definitely has a type for the bad boys. Bad boys. Her first husband's not really a bad... Or her only husband's not really a bad boy. I mean, he's a boy and he was bad at his job, so I don't know if that counts. <laughs> he's a boy and he's not that great. He's like a, a below-average male. So. Yes. So Instead of bad boys from now on, can we call them below-average male? <laughs> he's a below-average male. Um, so she and Mortimer then um, are allied to each other, and they are going to try to fight back, but they also begin sleeping together. Well, you know, a girl's got to get some dick, and yeah. her boyfriend's off getting his own dick, so. Yeah, so she needs to do what she needs to do. Yeah. Now, of course, during this time period, um, men having extramarital affairs, usually with women, but in this case with men, mm-hmm. um, is not really seen as a big deal. He's a man, he has needs, he's yes. the king, he can do what he wants. Um, women and especially queens doing this was, not only was it taboo, but in the sense of a queen doing it to a king, it was treason Mm. because then you might give birth to a son Mm. that is not actually the king's. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, if he thought that it was his, he would claim it and everything. Mm. And then you totally fuck up the line of secession because all of a sudden it's like not royal blood anymore. And of course they genuinely believed that royal blood was better. Right. So... To no longer have that would have been a huge deal. Ooh, girl, so getting she, controversial. Yeah, so she was sleeping around with Mortimer, and it was a little bit questionable. Now, a lot of people think, like I said earlier, a lot of people think that this relationship was the one that was actually about love. Um, but a lot of historians, and I tend to agree with them, take the opposite perspective and say that it's not about love. It's about power. This mm. is a power connection that they have made. She is the queen. She's the mother to the heir to the throne, and she has the heir in her keeping. Mm-hmm. So she is kind of all of the like political power and the the status. Mm. He is the muscle. He yeah. is a wise kind of um, tactical thinker. He knows how to play the military game. She knows how to play the political game. Yes. So together, it's a good power team. Mm. But and they're sleeping together. It's like. You know, it's I mean, fine. He's probably got abs. Like obviously, they've both got you know they both got needs. Yeah. But I don't necessarily suspect that this is like incredibly about like a love connection. No. It's more of just like, like you're work here. Colleagues that she's recently out of a relationship. Yeah. She meets some guy at work. She's like he'll he'll be he'll be fine. Yeah. He, so he's gonna work on this like he'll get the job together. done. Yeah. You know. He's gonna get the job done. And many more ways. And no <laughs> one's been getting the job done in the past for her. Oh. Um, she's had four kids, so she's probably had sex about four times. <laughs> Honestly. Um. And it's probably been very clinical. And yeah. Now this guy's probably like, oh yeah, you're so powerful with your strategy. He probably couldn't look at her. He was like. Oh, just, just like, can you like, can you like grow deep big? in your voice? <laughs> yeah. Deep in your voice. Come around. I'm not gonna look at you. Um. Anyway. 
But yeah, so yeah. so this probably wasn't much of a love connection, but no. they were having carnal it was probably relations. Probably a lot more passionate than the other one, but yes. probably a lot less um, emotionally connected to each other. I'd imagine. Yeah, so kind of how I take it. Obviously, we'll never know their legitimate feelings, but I wish you would tell me <laughs> from like across the grave, just be like across Isabella, the beyond. This is me, Isabella. <laughs> Isabella, we're gonna summon you. We should do like a you summoning just a circle. Good shag. <laughs> We need to get out our Ouija board. We do. Um, well, there's another idea for a podcast. Three Ouija boards. <laughs> but only to, like, famous historical only to figures. Famous historical figures. Isabella, <laughs> how was the D? <laughs> Roger Edward. Um, so, for the first time, um, it was the first time since the conquest of England that a queen was out and out having an affair. Mm. So, this was new territory. England because they hadn't had a queen do this before. It was um, like she's kind of a scandal. Oh yeah. Having said that, by this point people, and by people I do mostly mean like nobles and like knights and people who are higher up in society. I mean they are the only people. Yeah. (laughs) The peasants don't, I mean the peasants. Their furniture, their trash on my shoe. The unfortunate thing is, is that the peasants didn't really get into this stuff mostly because whoever was the king they just had to listen to them yeah i mean they didn't really if the king changes they're like what am i gonna do about that Mm. i can't change the like power of Mm. who has anyways it's like us and the president yes (laughs) as much as we vote yeah it's (laughs) It's all about that fucking electoral college oh yeah um so the people hated edward so much by this point that even though we're in full-on patriarchy medieval times, mm. they actually mostly chose to support their cheating queen over their king. That just says it all, really, doesn't it? <laughs> so people were just not pleased with what was going on in general, but they were willing to support Isabella anyway. So um, I titled this part of the notes, We should totally just kill Edward, <laughs> keeping up with those mean girls. I would have said stab, but it's not really about stabbing. I know. So. I mean, this literally is the mean girls of history, this like, subjects. The, um, so at this point, they are not only planning to get rid of Dispenser, they have officially committed to getting rid of Edward as well. Wow. He is such a weak king. He makes such terrible decisions oh, yeah. based on his lovers and what they want that they're not willing to fuck with this guy as a king like anymore. I would be Edward if I was a king. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. No offense, but I, I mean, can totally see that. Can you see it? I'm, I feel like I'm such an Edward. Your Edward is my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I feel like I, if I was in charge of a country, I'd just be like, I just want to like be in love with this guy who's like going to make me do stupid shit. And that's the thing is that I was going to mention this later if I remembered. I probably would have forgotten, so mm. it's good I remember now. Of course. Um, so I was going to say... I almost feel... No, I do. Not almost. I genuinely feel terrible for Edward. Mm. Because even though in this story, he's kind of a douchebag... It's not like he wants all this responsibility. I just feel like if he... doesn't he, want to be king. He just wants to do yeah. his life. <laughs> I mean, I think at this point, like, because he'd been raised to be king, and he kind of had this sense of, like, self-importance, mm. that he doesn't want to not be king. He doesn't want to give it up. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to renounce his title or anything. No. But... He, he's someone who shouldn't have been made king. Yeah, he's he just... He would have been happier just being I a normal think, person. Now, the problem is, of course, that if he'd been a normal person in this time period, he wouldn't have been able to like, live a gay lifestyle. Right, right. He might have, like, you know, like, one of those things where, like, what farm boys do on the side is no yeah, one's business. Yeah. 
But, like, it would have still been hard for him. But I do think if he hadn't been king, he would have lived, like, an infinitely better life. Mm. He was just put into this position of being the ruler of a country. And the thing is is that all rulers of countries are taught from birth, basically, Mm. that they... um, they really have no say over their own lives. Your life is the life of the state. You have your... Na- like. There's actually this whole thing that I got into with the... Pl- I was reading the play Richard II by mm. Shakespeare. And actually, Richard II is sort of... It, it doesn't have all the homosexuality of this story, but it's sort of similar in that there's like a king who maybe isn't the best king. I actually really like Richard, but it's irrelevant. <laughs> um, it's a great play. It's actually better than the Marlowe play with Edward II, I think. Okay. But I was reading that play, and my lecturer at the time who was teaching it to us, he said that there were basically... A king had two bodies. Mm. There's the body natural, which is like you and your life as a human being. Yeah. And then there's the body politic. And that is, like, their role as the state. Like, they're not a person. They are almost like the concept of England. They represent that whole country. Yes. And so he would have been raised from infancy as, like, as a prince. He actually was originally not the firstborn. So he didn't think he would have been king. Mm. But once he became the heir to the throne, he would have known that who you marry is not your choice. Mm. Having children is not your choice. Like, love is something that you do with, like, a mistress, or in your case, obviously, like, a favorite, a, a male mystery. lover. Yes. <laughs> um, you you don't choose things. If you have feelings for people, like, that's incidental, and it has nothing to do with, like, your kind of role as king mm-hmm. and who your queen will be and everything. And so I just think he would have been way better off. I mean, it's like I said, it's like... I am not someone who should ever be in charge of a country. No. I mean, I would I would run it into the ground. However, I know me as a person. I know if I was you would be an king, Edward. I would totally enjoy it. I would love having all the power. Yeah, and I would not want to get rid of it because I'm you know narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, of course. However, I definitely wouldn't. I shouldn't have been given the choice to be you know yeah. have that power. Yeah, it shouldn't have been an, even an option for me. No. Because uh, no one should ever give that to me because I will fuck it up. Yes. And I think Edward's probably the same way. It's yeah. Like, he wants it. I mean, he wants it because he has it. But if he never had it, he would have been wouldn't, way happier. Yeah. And I think, too, that, like, if he'd been just, like, a regular person born in that time, his mm. life may not... It might not have been great, but or it would have been okay. Even if he was just, like, part of the royal family but not the heir. Yeah. You know? But I really think that if this guy was born now, he would just be, like, a regular hipster bro. Oh, absolutely. He would be, be, like... Your typical twink. Yes, of course. He would he would just be up on grinder, like doing his thing, and he'd be like a happy regular guy. Yeah. I don't think he's evil. Mm-mm. He's just in a bad. Everyone in this story is in a bad situation. Yeah, I mean the circumstances for all these characters, yeah, and all these people just are not great for them. The only person that like, and this is even this is kind of hard for me to totally say, mm. but I think maybe the only person in this story who's genuinely not a good person is probably Dispenser. Yeah. But he, I, I mean, even he's, him, he's like probably one of those guys. He, if he was like modern times, it. If he was a modern time, he'd have been. He's social. La- he's a social ladder climber. Yes, he is like one of those guys that only cares about you know going to work, making loads of money, and you know getting loads of status. And you know he's emotionally unavailable, so yeah. he lures people in with his you know his bad boy attitude, uses them for what he can get out of them, and then gets rid of them when he yeah. has what he wants. But even him, like. Obviously, taking her children away from her and taking her land, that is kind of evil. But, but it's because she's in the way of what he Yeah. Does. And so, but even for, like, the time period, I do kind of understand that he, like, in his mind, he's thinking the only way, if 
in this world, living in this world, power is everything. You need power. Mm. So he's saying, if I want power, I have to take these people out to get it. And yeah. I do, I kind of understand that. Like, I feel terrible. It's like if... Uh, because it sucks that he's yeah. hurting people in his way. Exactly. It's but like I kind of get it. It's a bad thing to, you know purposefully sabotage this guy at work you don't really like that much so yeah. that you get the promotion. If, if this was a one-time thing, that's mm. kind of the guy... See, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. No, but, but I Spencer do think, would. And yeah. it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. If he's an arsehole and he doesn't, he's not as good as his, as, at his job as you yeah. are, but you feel like he's got a special treatment from the boss or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You know? It's you like, think well, if he's a bit of a dick, I'm be- I can do this job better. This company needs me to be this yeah. person. No. It's self-important. Yeah. He thinks he's doing right for the yeah. country. I just, yeah, I genuinely think that back then it was just such a different way of thinking. Yeah. And that now, if somebody did that to me, I would obviously, like, even in a job <clears throat> setting, I'd be pissed off. Oh, of course. But for him, I kind of get it. He's thinking, like, this is my only chance to do anything in this world. Yes. And so he goes for it. And so, like, I do sort of hate him in context of this story because yeah. he is the bad guy. Yeah. But also, at the same time, I still find him somebody that... He's a gray figure. Everyone in history everyone, is a gray everyone figure. Everyone in history had reasons for doing what they did. Yeah. No one is pure evil or no. pure, like, no. goodness. No, know? that's what I try to... Like, whenever I try to explain history to people, I always try to get that across mm. because... There's no one that's purely evil, but on the flip side, there's no one purely good. No. And that's what I, I get so mad at people when they try to, like, really glorify mm. these figures. And I'm like, that, everyone's flawed. Like, we need to respect that that was a human being and well, they did bad things too. Yeah. But bad shouldn't erase good and good shouldn't erase bad. Absolutely. Anyway, we've gone <laughs> off on a tangent. That was like a philosophical podcast. All of but a I like, <laughs> I, I like when you can kind of get into that yeah. shit with history. Yeah. Um, so... Like I said, before we got way off, Edward, at this point, they've decided that they're going to take him down, too. So they're no longer playing nice to the king. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Um, so she decides, um, she actually says that she is still willing to go back to England if Dispenser will be exiled for good. Hmm. And she says this knowing it'll never happen of course. because they'll, he'll never get rid of Dispenser for good. No. But she puts it out there. She she kind of makes Edward out to be the bad guy, saying, yeah. like, I'm willing to come She's back. Like, I'll be reasonable if you be reasonable. Yeah, you just have to get rid of him. It's a fair trade. Yeah. Now, she knows it won't happen, and Mortimer knows it won't happen, but he gets really angry with her mm. for her willingness to return to the king and kind of ruin their whole plan. If he would be reasonable. Mm. So Mortimer knows it won't happen, but he still gets pissed off. He actually threatens to kill Isabella over this. So I wrote, hashtag stable relationship, hashtag not all men, but definitely all the men in Isabella's life. <laughs> Literally, she cannot catch a break. So everyone in her life is garbage. That's so typical, though. It's like, you're sleeping with this guy just because he's a bit of fun, but really you have these longing feelings for this other guy. And then he starts getting all, like, attached when you said it was going to be no strings. And then he threatens to kill you. And then, I mean, honestly, it's still the same in the 21st century. Honestly, that's a horrible <laughs> thing to say, and yet it still occurs. It's so true. So, yeah. Men are trash, end of podcast. <laughs> definitely all the men in Isabel is like, yeah. hashtag, that's the truth. That's the truth. Facts. Um, so, <laughs> many of the nobles, including the king's own half-brother, mm-hmm. pledged support to Izzy. But the Pope withdrew all of his support for her. The Pope. And the Pope then tells Isabella's brother, the King of France, mm. that if he in any way backs this kind of attempt take, to take down Edward, mm. that the Pope will excommunicate um, the King of France. 
What does that mean? Like, so he, if you're excommunicated from the church, it means that you are no longer a, a Catholic. Okay. You will not have any chance to go to heaven. Okay. And anyone, no Catholic should listen to you. They shouldn't help you. They shouldn't. So if if you're like a regular person and you're excommunicated, no one should give you a job. No one should give you money or give you food, help you in any way. And if you're a king who is excommunicated, all of your Catholic country people, like countrymen, do not have to listen to you. What happened to love thy neighbor? Not a few. If you are that bad of a Christian, you get kicked out. Wow. So, yeah, it's very dark. And so Isabella's brother... You see that religion was always as ignorant as it is today. Yes. <laughs> so, and at this point, it's still... We're still in a very, very religious time period. Like, yeah. if... Once you get the church like the, was a big deal back then. Yes. Yeah, so once you get later on into like the 1500s, um, Queen Elizabeth the first was excommunicated, and everybody in her country was like, "Yeah, we're still gonna follow her, though." Yeah, I mean, she's like, she's dope. Like, yeah, but at this point, if you were excommunicated, that was a huge deal. Mm. So her brother was like, "Sorry, Izzy, but like, no can do. Yeah, hands off." He's like, "Whatever." <laughs> well, what are you gonna do? Then? Yeah, he probably wasn't that mad about it. He's yeah. like, oh, "It's fine." So like, yeah, I'd rather not be. Sorry, sis. Do your own thing. Um, so she can't get help from her brother or else he'll be excommunicated. So, um, she decides to get help from one of the low countries, uh, kingdoms called Haino. She actually creates a marriage alliance between her son, the heir to the throne, Edward, Mm -hmm. and a princess of Haino called Philippa. Eventually they'll get married. It's not really something that I mentioned in this story, but it does happen um, a bit later on. So, at this point, with Mortimer and some help from um, kind of the English nobles, and then also um, some help as well from Haino, this is the first time since the queen from my last episode with Jamie, which was on Eleanor of Aquitaine, this was the first time since Eleanor of Aquitaine's time that a queen led an invasion against her own husband. So, we're killing it with these invading queens. We love feminism. Having said that, um, for anyone who listened to the last episode, you'll know that Eleanor of Aquitaine's invasion was pretty unsuccessful. Oh, no. Very quickly, and she was imprisoned for, like, 15 years. So, this is, like, how not to do it, and then hopefully Isabella will be, like, how to crush it. Yeah, so Isabella's like, well, I'm not going to do that, because I don't (laughs) want to be imprisoned. Yeah. So, she is a bit um, better. Not better, but she has kind of a a better time with her invasion. Well, I imagine she has a blueprint of what not to do, so. Yeah. Well, she has got a lot of support, and that's actually the key, is that when she arrives with her invading force in England... And is like ready to storm some castles. Yeah. The castles are like, no, no, come in, open the doors. <laughs> so the cat, the, the the people who own these castles are like, yeah, Everyone Queen Isabella. Her. Yeah, they're like, you know what, bitch, come in, you can storm us. Yeah, they're they're like, no, no need to storm. We'll let you in. Put, <laughs> put on put on the kettle. <laughs> let down that drawbridge, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Queen's here. She's gonna save us. So the people really are supporting her, and at this point, Edward is like, oh shit. No one's supporting me. Why does no one like me? I'm just a gay who does everything wrong. So Edward and Hugh Dispenser then run to Wales. Wow. That's when you know it's over. Yeah. You go to Wales. What the fuck's in Wales? They are eventually captured and separated. Oh, no. Um, So Dispenser was... So Dispenser was brought before Isabella, and Edward was taken um, to a castle and kept in the castle's dungeon. Hmm. So when Dispenser is then brought to Isabella... 
she gets to pass judgment on him. Oh, wow. And bitch does not go light oh, on shit. the judgment. I'm ready. Isabella, this is your time. You've been cucked for, like, what, 20 years? It's a long time. time. Time to go from cuck to fuck up or or something really like that. Okay. I was going to let you roll with that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Time to go from being cucked up to doing... Wait, give me a second. Time to go from being cucked to... Getting her husband fucked. I don't know. We'll think about it later. I'm going to leave all of this. Fuck. <laughs> or I won't. I don't know. Depends on how long the episode is. Um, the Spencer was brought before Isabella. She passes judgment. And his um, he's going to be executed. And the way that he'll be executed is that he will be hung from the neck, but not killed. He will then be castrated in public. Fun. So just like those people in the Tordanelle scandal. Yes. And then he will be drawn. Do you know what to be drawn is? It's like to have your Like organs. entrails? Yeah. yeah. They take out like your guts and stuff. That's really And hot. then they burn them in front of you. Oh, wow. Now, by this point, I imagine you're pretty dead. Well. Some people might not. Some people did live through that, but a lot of people wouldn't have. So you may or may not be dead by this point. If you're not dead, the good news is, is that at the end, they quarter you. Which usually means your head is chopped off, and your four limbs are tied to four different horses, which then all run in different directions. Oh, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. And so all your limbs pop off your body. That's super fun. Um, I would love to go watch that. It's movie. sort of like a Mr. Potato Head situation yeah. where you just pop off all the like yeah. limbs and parts and stuff. Ooh. It would be really whimsical if it wasn't corpses. Yeah, if it wasn't people. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so he was hung, castrated, drawn, and quartered. I mean, go Isabella, honestly. I would do the same if I was her. Yeah, she's like... He was a dick to her. And now you have no dick, so... now you have no dick, bitch. So, there... I was looking this up, and there's actually a manuscript from the 15th century, so a little bit after this event, because this was in the 1300s, and the manuscript itself wasn't created until the 1400s, so they are kind of doing this looking back. Right. But they did an, um, an illustration... Which shows um, Izzy and Mortimer and their kind of retinue of knights in the front of the image. And then if you look in the back, you can see Dispenser having his dangling cut off. Oh, fun. So, um, it's, it's being held in the British Library. I am going to go to the um, library just to look at that now. You can find it. Actually, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up for you. Hugh Dispenser. I think I found it because I was Googling Hugh Dispenser. And they showed the image of him getting his dingling cut off. Oh, there's a different one. I've never seen that one before. This is not the one that I was seeing, but this there's something there. That's not the one I was looking at, though. Because oh, wow. it, doesn't, it doesn't have busy in it. Um, I wonder if it was on the Mortimer page that I found it. It's crazy to think that people just used to go and watch this. I... I totally would, though. <laughs> yeah, you said that last episode, and it's making me feel scared for you. Let me find the other one. The one that I actually looked at. I, I remember which page it was on now. It was on Roger Mortimer's page. I keep spelling Mortimer wrong. I have a friend with the last name of Mortimer. Do you think they're related? Maybe. So there's Izzy and uh, and Roger Mortimer at the front, and then oh, yeah. that back, like the top right, you can see him getting a stingling cut And that's exactly how I wrote it in my notes. Because <laughs> I'm really funny. Oh, uh, good for him. Good times. Yes, yeah, so I've just shown you the image. Maybe I'll tweet that when this episode drops. Yeah, you should. Everyone can see this beautiful manuscript. Beautiful 
you gotta think, like, the people who are making those manuscripts were probably like, haha, I get to draw some dicks being cut off today. Hey. It's like how, like, men nowadays draw dicks on everything. Yes. They still drew dicks on everything back then. It was just art. All statues had penises on them. Yeah, and but then it's art. Now mm. when now when teenage now when boys I draw... Now my friend's math textbook, it's vandalism. <laughs> so, yes. So he was, unfortunately, slash fortunately... Super dead. Way dead. Not even just a little dead. Like he was totally all dead. the kinds of dead. Everything, dead. all parts of him were in different directions. <laughs> so he's gone. Yes. Edward, like I said, is being kept in a dungeon. Where he belongs, honestly. He's trash. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're over him. We <laughs> we're don't stand him Edward. anymore. We don't stand Edward. <laughs> he's not our king. We stand Isabella. She's a queen. She's a queen. Um. So Edward was eventually forced it said it said that edward agreed i would say he was probably forced he probably like yeah talked into it into abdicating the throne for his son mm-hmm. and they have a really nice when i did see that production by the globe last week they actually did this in a very beautiful way again sort of similar to the richard ii play by shakespeare mm. um because both kings were forced to abdicate and so he has this kind of scene where he has the like the physical crown that he's holding and they keep saying like give us the crown and he goes through this kind of monologue of like here and then he's like no i can't i can't give it to you and then eventually tries to give it and he's like it's just kind of this back and forth where he can't commit himself to abdicating but he knows that they're going to take it from him anyway so at one point he even like kind of put it on and was like Come get it, bitch. Yeah. And then he got scared, and he was like, you know what? Actually, no, I don't even have it, so... (laughs) Just take it. You know what? Here it goes. (laughs) So eventually, he does hand it over, um, both in the play and in real life. Nice. And his son, Lil Eddie, who was 14 at the time, was crowned Edward III. Um, Now, because he is so young, and he really couldn't fully take over as king... Isabella is acting as the regent, basically. Yeah. And she's the one who's really running the show. So she's coming to her own. She has, like, she's, she got what she wanted. Yeah. She's like, don't test me. I'm finally the queen. Yeah. Um, technically, she's the regent, and she's also the queen mother. Mm. So she's no longer the queen. No. Um, especially because this is around the time that she has her son married. Mm. And so there is a new queen, Queen Philippa. Um, but she's the queen mother, she's the regent, she's finally getting to... Basically, she's in control. Yeah, she's finally allowed to kind of release her inner head bitch in charge. Yes. Um, so she's Isabella, the boss. fuck shit up. Yeah, she's a boss now, and no one she can a, stop her. She a boss bitch. Well, eventually she'll get stopped. Well. Uh, no one can stop her right now. We all get stopped in the end. Yes. By death. Oh dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so, the problem was, is that having Big Ed alive and in prison but not technically being king anymore was a dangerous situation because once people at first people were happy about everything that had happened and that um little ed had been crowned and isabella's kind of running things but people tended to get pissed off with mortimer Mm. they were like mortimer this douchebag yeah who's not a king who's like um like mid-level noble at best Thinking that he can run the show because he sort of tells Isabella what to do, and then Isabella is the one who's really in charge, not her son. Yeah. So people are pissed off at Mortimer, and so this leads to discontent, and some people then want to spring Big Ed from jail because they're like, the, he he can still be king. Like we can just put the crown back on his head. He was king anyway. Um, 
So it does become a bit dangerous. People always afraid of change. Yeah. It becomes dangerous to have him alive. Now, that is soon rectified. Oh, good. <laughs> so Edward dies in prison in 1327. So oh, not shit. not actually long after all this goes down. Cause How did he die? So that's the thing. Oh, is there a bit of a a control? Yes. So there are very skint details on what we know actually happened, for sure. Mm. So we know that he died in 1327. We know that he was given a full state funeral. So they did respect that he had been king and Mm. that he should be given a full funeral of a king. That's good. And that the remaining royal family attended, including his son, who was obviously presently king, um, and his wife. We're both at this funeral. All right. But no what one... What would you ask for after being such a dick, really? <laughs> <laughs> now, the problem is, is that no one is certain how he died. Uh. So, some people think it was more of a natural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't suspect that's the I mean, case. how old would he have been at the time? Um, he wasn't very old. Because he was born... If I go back in my notes, I'm sorry. He was born in 1284. Mm. And he dies in... 1327. So 1284. 40 ish. 1284 minus 1327. He would have been 43. Oh, cool. I wasn't far off. So he was 43 when he died. And it did seem like he had been in good health up to that point. I mean, he seemed to have a very fruitful life. (laughs) Yeah. And so there's reason to believe that he did not die of natural causes. But because he died and the circumstances we're so kind of shrouded in mystery mm. that allows for all of the gossip to take over. Oh yeah, and for there to be different stories. Now there are some like regular stories where he could have just been like poisoned or what have you. Sure. But the best theory, the one that brings the story in a disturbingly full circle direction, <laughs> um, and the one that's kind of the most both salacious and the most kind of widely spoken about. Yeah, is that. An assassin basically came into his prison in um, in the dungeon, and he used a red-hot poker. Oh. Which, I'm like, did he wait for it to heat up, or did he, was it already hot? Did he, like, bring it preheated? Yeah, like a thermos. Yeah, like, poker. I don't know. But he, came, he comes in with a red-hot poker, and uh, he shoves it away. Content warning, if you're not... Feeling the gross death thing. I mean, Maybe skip. already I'm cringing at the word shove. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe skip ahead like 15 to 20 seconds. Depending on how long we talk about this. Maybe longer. Don't do it, you wimps. Um, so he takes his red hot poker and he shoves it up Edward's butt. I mean, Edward probably liked it to an extent. <laughs> and so, so the idea with this is that it would have killed him. Mm. But they say that it wouldn't have left any external marks. True. So that if they did, like, an autopsy, you wouldn't see it. Now, that is something they said in the 1300s because they didn't understand how anatomy works that well. Because, A, if they'd done an autopsy, you would have seen a burned butthole. A burned butthole. But also, I think if it was as red hot as they said it was and things were, like, inside literally kind of cooking, I'm sure there would have been... You would have been able to Something tell. visible yeah. externally. So that's the story that people give. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people necessarily think this is what really happened. No. But it's if you look into the story, they're always going to give 
Like, if you're like, how did Edward II die? Is always going to mention that. Yeah. Um, so, he, supposedly, he was killed with a poker up the butt. That's how I want to go. Um, <laughs> and this story is so compelling, like I said, because it's, cause, like, salacious. It mm. it really works with, like, people who love gossip. Yes. It's kind of gross. It's got that sexual element where it does come full circle on the fact that he's gay. And yeah. so, of course, they have to give him, like, an appropriately gay death. Gay death. I love how even, like, 300 plus years after this event, everyone still is the same. Like, human beings have not changed. They love gossip. They love gay shit. It's great. <laughs> and that's... Okay, so when I... Well, I'm just going to bring this up again because it's... But when I went to see the production at the Globe, um, the actor who was so good, um, the actor who played Edward II, his name's Tom Stewart, would just like to shout him out for, like, general talent. Oh, yeah. Go follow him on Instagram. He... Okay, he gets fully naked on stage. What? That's good. I would not be able to do that. It is a very... So, first of all, this is a very, very tiny theater. So, for anyone who's never been to the Sam Wanamaker Playhouse... It's some good eye full of dick. It's a very tiny theater, so I was quite close to him. I was actually at an angle where you couldn't really see too much dick. Oh, that's good. But I was like... I always get kind of, like, weird about people being naked on stage. I just feel secondhand, like, oh my god, you must be so nervous right now. Yeah, I'm like, and objectively, this was a beautiful man, but yes. I was like, oh my god, like, he, like, instead of being like, oh my god, he's naked, I was like, oh my god, like... He's naked! We're, this is weird, <laughs> we're all, like, voyeurs. That's how I was when I went to watch Train Spotting at oh, really? theaters. So after he gives his crown up, he's only wearing this kind of, like, white shift, almost, so it's... They go really heavy on kind of, like, the... The Catholic martyr element of the story, especially mm. with the costuming. But he's got no shoes on, he's wearing his white shift, and eventually he kind of takes that off and he's just like lying naked on the stage. Mm. And then the executioner comes in, um, or like not really an executioner, more of kind of that hitman situation because it wasn't yeah. legal. Yeah. So the assassin comes in and he basically, he knows what's going to happen. He does not know how it's going to happen. Yeah. But he, he's aware that they're going to kill him, that he. Is, is, dumb. is superfluous at this point. Yeah. They, they need to get rid of him. So he's kind of on the stage, and he basically is like, like, just do it. Like, I don't want to suffer anymore. Well, and so he's suffer a little bit more. He's just curled up on the stage, and the assassin almost starts, like... And this is all about staging, so of course you could stage it differently, but he kind of, like, like forces him into a different position, and then he pulls out the red-hot poker, and I was watching, and I was like, oh my god. And they do, do they do, like, they. I think they cover it a bit so you can't fully see what's happening, but they do really pantomime that that thing is getting shoved up his butt. So I felt what very... What a wonderful play. I need to go I see I felt very... Weird. It's still on. You should go see it. It's I good. Should. It was really... It was well-staged, and the theater is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like this would translate really well into, like, a production or a play, so... But it was weird to watch. I can get that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they shove it up his butt, and right. he and he he kind of almost like if you've ever watched an actor pretend to have a seizure, yeah, he kind of does kind of that thing. So he's like, like not ye- like screaming, but kind of like yells like not that loud, but like you can hear the pain, yeah. and he's like flopping around. And you're like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I mean, as an actor, being told, all right, imagine you're having a hot poker shoved up your asshole. It's kind of <laughs> interesting direction. I don't know how I would play that. Yeah, I don't know how I would take that, but yeah, it was... As, a, as, as an ex-theater kid, if I had to do that on stage, I would not know how to do that. Now, also, it's just worth my saying as well that this production was quite interesting. I've never seen another production of this play. It's not staged that often, mm. so I don't know how common this is, but in this predi- in this particular production... 
they did double cast um, the the um, assassin. Yeah. With the actor who played Gaveston. That's very. So that's very. That's very smart. Okay. Yeah, and so because Gaveston's actor had been off stage for so long because he dies in the beginning. Yeah, so he had like he's good, not there, he's a good, but he has to be a good actor. But the fact, yeah, so you're going to give him something yeah. to do, and it makes and it so, metaphorically so amazing. Yeah, the fact that it kind of comes full circle and he is killed, and and obviously like it's not really Gaveston, but no. the fact that we see his face, like he does have a hood up, but everyone can see that it's him, yeah. and it does it and makes it much more chilling to yeah. watch. And it's death by whole poker up the ass. His dick. Is, is the, hot, the poker. hot poker? Yeah. So yeah, it was all. He around. really caused Edward's downfall. He yeah. was doing okay as a king until he met Gavison. Well, actually, he like knew Gavison before he was king. So okay, well, he was doing fine. <laughs> he might have. It's like all. If, if it he, weren't if it weren't for Gavison, if he never his ear, making him go down a bad path, he might have turned out yeah, to be a really great king. If he'd never just been a weird like overtly, here's my lover, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if he just kind of kept it private, he would have yeah. been fine. Um, we know we know the gays can't keep a secret. No, <laughs> but so that sorry to have gotten in so much in detail of this production. Definitely, it's a play worth reading. It's no Shakespeare, but it's up there. Like it's still quite good. There's some ridiculous lines, but the actors were quite good at making those seem funny instead of seeming like bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean this story translates so well into a work of fiction just because it's so crazy. It's so ridiculous. The characters they, are all so like well defined. I'll say they do turn. At first, it's sympathetic to Isabella, I think. Mm. it's The play doesn't shy away in the beginning from showing that Edward is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. But by the time it comes to his death, because you watch the death and you see him giving mm. up his crown and you see him kind of like in this in his prison, by the end you really sympathize with mm. him. And so I do think it's sort of one-sided because you really, really sympathize with Edward and by the end you're like... Fucking Isabella and Mortimer are such bitches. <laughs> and so, in in the context of the play, you don't really like Isabella. Mm. But in real life, I still like her. I think she has more than earned her right to stick a hot poker up his butt. Yeah. So, <laughs> it is a bit of a one-sided play. And that's worth saying as well that um, it, it doesn't give justice necessarily to all the characters. But it's still a cool production to see. So, back to the death. <laughs> so, it's uncertain if Isabella actually had a hand in his death. It might have not been an order that she gave. And it might, it might have, have been Mortimer. Well, because we don't even know if he was killed that way. He could True. have been killed in any other way. Yeah, he might have been. He might have just died. Yeah, he might have just died. Like, we literally... in a dungeon, maybe he was, like, malnourished or yeah, something. Yeah, we have so little information on his actual death that it's uncertain if she had any hand in it at all. But the problem was, is that... Because people knew that she was the reason he was in prison, and yeah. because people Either knew way, that, she gets the blame. Yeah, because, yeah. well, the thing is, they had basically... There had been multiple attempts to try to spring him from prison. Yes. Like, she knew that it was a desire, but the fact that there had been multiple foiled plots, people knew that she wouldn't be safe with him around. No. So that's why people assume it was her, and the fact that people believe it, even if it is or isn't true, mm. the fact that people believe it is bad PR for her. Yes, it definitely colors her reputation. Yes, so killing the former king and her husband doesn't help her a lot in life. No. But he's out of the way, at least. So by this point, um, again, some people don't like Mortimer. He was sort of believed to be running the show. 
Um, I Isabella, you need to learn how to stop letting see, him that's do whatever the thing. want. That's the thing. I actually don't believe this. Some people are like, oh, he was running the show because he's the man. But the thing is that, as I said earlier, he was the military power and she was the strategy. Yeah. So I actually think, and this is something that some historians, again, do believe. I've not just, like, pulled this out of my ass. Sure. People hated him so much without realizing that he's not always the one giving the orders. No. They just don't like that he's there. They don't want him being this, like, top man. Yeah. He doesn't... They understand, like, the king should have power, the queen should have power. Those are logical things. Yes, but he has no He right. shouldn't be standing next to the king being yeah. able to give opinions. No, it's like the same thing as fucking Gustavo. Dispenser, yeah. yeah. And we're, dispenser. Back, we're back to Dispenser and Gavison, really, but in a totally just, like, twisted sense of it all. Yeah. Um... So she probably was doing a significant amount of running the country, and she's not just his puppet, but they don't like that he's there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like um, he really doesn't belong there. No. And so she wants, one of the things she does is that she wants to take back all the land that she lost to Spencer. That's fair. So she gets this all back to herself, but she gets a bit greedy and she starts taking more. Isabella, hon, we know you've had a hard time of it, but you need to stop, like, you know, letting the power go to your head. Yes. And this is the thing, is that some people say that this is history repeating itself and her not being smart about what happened already. Yeah. Because with with um, Gaveston and Dispenser, they both had the king in their pocket mm-hmm. and could get land from it. She now, as the mother of the king, has the king in her pocket yeah. and can use him to get land. But people always want more, more, more. Yeah. So she's kind of taking on the role of the people that she hated. Yeah. But she's like, I'm the queen, bitches. Who's going to stop me? I mean, you're the dire hero. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So she starts to become a little bit questionable. Oh, Bella. Um, so she then... there's so the, I'm going to really kind of briefly, briefly just bring this up. It's I don't want to get into the details of it too much, but there's more fighting with Scotland and Robert the Bruce. Um, eventually... It gets to the point where um, King Edward, Little Edward, was almost captured. And so Isabella's like, we're not doing this. Let's make peace. Like, I'm not. Hmm. You're not going to take the king. I need him for my land. Because Scotland had been winning this, um, they gave pretty punishing terms of peace. Okay. And that makes the nobles angry. They don't want to agree to this. Um, but there eventually is the Treaty of Northampton. And it made the the nobles and the king very angry, and they didn't want it to be signed. But in all fairness, um, those were the best options. Like, that was the best of yeah. all situations. They I could mean, have kept fighting. What else could they have done? They, they were going to lose. Yeah, they could have kept yeah. fighting what was clearly a losing war, or they could sign for peace. So they eventually signed for peace. What were the conditions? Um, they were going to lose some land, and oh. that pisses off the nobles. Of course, yeah. And of course that makes Edward mad, because he's like, I'm the king, you're giving up my land. Mm. But he's still too young. Um, eventually, for anyone who's familiar with Edward III's story, he eventually will become a warrior king, kind of like his grandfather, um, Longshanks. Okay. And so he will then fight back against Scotland. He will go on to fight um, immense battles with France to try to take the throne there. And that's actually what I was going to say. So she basically makes peace with Scotland because at this point, um, she is trying to get him to be in line for the French throne. Yeah. So the French throne, um, she has these brothers, but I guess they're all dying. <laughs> and so the direction that it can go for the heir is either that um, it can go to, like, a cousin, like a male cousin. Okay. Or she's saying that 
France has Salic law, so of course as a princess she can't inherit it. As a princess of France, she can't have it because she's a woman. But she says it's not fair that, like, Salic law never says that it can't go through a woman's line. Mm. It it just says that a woman can't inherit. So she's like, I have a son. Mm. My son, the king of England, should be the king of France. He should be the next in line. Mm. And so eventually they try to put him in line to be the heir. And that leads to a whole mess that is called the Hundred Years War. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it went on for a while. Yeah, so it's not even just him, but then his descendants as well will try to be like, well, we're all descended from Edward III, and he was descended from the French princess, so we should all be in line for the throne of France. Yeah. So that's going to cause a whole mess, but she at this point basically gets peace with Scotland because she's like, we got bigger things to worry about, and that's France. France is the better prize. Yeah. So we come to a final deposition. So at this point, um, there was... More fighting with Lancaster, who was actually... They beat him, but he was spared. His life was spared by Isabella. There's more fighting with Kent. Kent was a half-brother of the former king, Edward II. Who had sided... I I mentioned earlier that he sided with Isabella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Kent eventually tries to fight against her. Okay. He loses, much like Lancaster lost. But instead of being spared like Lancaster, they have him executed. Damn. Now, that's a big deal because people really dislike that somebody with royal blood, Mm. um, a half-brother to the former king, which makes him an uncle of the current king, was executed. So they get really mad about this, and they really, like, it colors their opinion of Izzy, and of course, it just makes them hate more and more, more and more She's just killing all of Edward's family at this point. She's (laughs) over it. She's like, these people are such assholes. Yeah. Don't mess with me, and I won't kill you. Mm. If you don't start shit, we won't have shit. (laughs) Chat shit, get executed. Yeah. So, um... People were mad about Kent's death, and at this point, young Edward the King has just turned 18. Okay. He has a wife, Philippa of Hainaut, who's his queen, and they've also just had their first child. Aww. So he's like, Mom, I'm 18. I have my own baby. You're a grandma. Let me like, do my own shit. I'm an adult now. Because at this point, she had still been running things. Yeah, he's basically. Like, he's like, I, if I'm old enough to be a dad, I'm old enough to be the king. Yeah. So he decides that he's going to gain control of the throne, but he's going to do it through a power move. So he's not just going to be like, Mom, I'm old enough. Mm. He um, has him and his like buddies storm the castle that Mortimer and Izzy were staying in. Okay, it's been extra. But so okay. they storm the castle at night, and Mortimer is arrested. He was then tried by the king, and he was hanged for the murder of... Um, Edward's father. Ah. So this all happens in 1330. So if you're actually thinking about it, it's been three years since Edward II died. So it's not a long time that Mortimer gets to be, like, quote-unquote in charge. Even though, really, Izzy's running the show. Yeah. Hashtag feminism. Don't try to erase Izzy's power (laughs) over this country. Um, But yeah, so Mortimer's executed only three years after Edward II died. I see. Now, in once... This is the last time I'm going to bring up this play, but I thought this was so beautiful. Um, so in the play, they really race through this whole period, and basically, like, Edward III becomes king, and then, like, two minutes later, they're like, oh, Mortimer's dying. Like, we're gonna kill him. Fuck yeah. Mortimer. Because they only have two hours to True. do this whole story. But um, in the play, when Mortimer's kind of being led off to be killed off stage, he has this final little monologue of text where he's addressing both uh, the queen and, like, fortune as a concept. <laughs> 
And so he, this is his last um, kind of chance to speak in the play. And he says, Base fortune, now I see that in thy wheel there is a point to which when men aspire, they tumble headlong down. That point I touched, and seeing there was no place to mount up higher, why shall I grieve at my declining fall? Farewell, my queen, weep not for Mortimer, that scorns the world, and as a traveler goes to discover countries yet unknown. How beautiful. It is weirdly beautiful, considering he's about to be executed. And he's Uh, a bit of a jackass. And he kind of, yeah, honestly, in the play, isn't very nice to him. (laughs) But they do give him this kind of beautiful... um, ending scene where he says we have all tried so hard to rise to power without realizing that everyone who rises then kind of must fall yeah and so this like that's why he says i can't be angry that the fall has come because i should have like just it it's it's exactly what happens like everyone if you, before him that has been in power has eventually fell yeah and so the higher you try to, to climb the worse the fall is going to be yeah. and so he Kind of recognizes that at the end. Now, obviously, this is a dramatic interpretation, so probably in real life he was like, He's probably please don't like, kill me. Please don't kill me, I'm sorry! <laughs> I didn't mean to do it. And um, then, you know, they like cut him up or something. Yeah, so they do, they have him hanged, and he's executed. Oh. Um, but I think that that little chunk of text really describes, like, this whole the story. The whole theme of this This story. whole mess yeah. of people. Everyone wants power, and then they get it, and then they die. <laughs> yes. So, um, because little Edward has now taken over as king... Um, Izzy was put under house arrest for a couple of years, nothing like Eleanor of Aquitaine's, but definitely sort of kept from, like, the main court life. Yeah. Um, she was eventually released and allowed to move around, but she's, you know, she's kind of lived a very full life. She's Mm. not too busy doing stuff. Occasionally, she was allowed to go on diplomatic missions, so Edward clearly still trusted her. Yeah. Because she would be sent out to other countries and made to represent England. So he clearly thought that she still cared for England and mm. was working in its interest. So that's, just like, Mom, stop the bullshit. Like, yeah. I need you to be on my side doing what I want. You yeah, to but he did trust her. So yeah. that's, I mean, I think that's just goes to show that he did love his mother. Because a lot of people think that once he acts against her and Mortimer, that he's like, just telling them both to kind of fuck off. No, he's just being like, look, guys, you've been, like, doing some crazy shit. It's my turn to be yeah. in charge, but I still love He gets rid of Mortimer. That'd be a whole different story. Because <laughs> he, he, he also hated Mortimer. Yes. So he gets rid of Mortimer. That's the big threat to him, he thinks. But his mom does... I mean, they both love each other. Yeah. They both obviously care for each other. So she, was, she wasn't going to try to take, like, to overthrow him. No, no, no. Um, she had had her time as being the regent, and now he's an adult, and I think she respected that. She's like, you know what, it's, I've done what I can. She had raised, yeah, she raised him to be king, and now he's king. Yeah. Um, so she mostly just got to chill during this period. Um, I think that's quite nice for a queen who had suffered She's so much. She's had a very dramatic life. She it, probably enjoyed the, yeah. like, sewing. And she the, just had time to, like, live a life. Yeah, she probably got to play bingo with her, her, her girlfriends. Yeah. You know. And I do think, like, if you think about it, she invaded, she she had cheated on her husband yep. publicly, mm-hmm. invaded England. She really should be dead. <laughs> overthrown the king. Yeah. And then was herself overthrown by her son. Yeah. And managed to survive and just get to, like, live until she was dead. Like, just yeah. live out the rest of her life in peace. She really should have been beheaded at least 20 times. No, and story. that's crazy. 
She's probably like, you know what? I'm perfectly happy to be overthrown. Honestly, take me out of this just, political yeah, life. I just so want to be a grandma. So, <laughs> so in 1358, she dies. So if you think about it, Edward dies. Edward, her husband, mm. dies in 1327. Mortimer dies in 1330. She lives another 28 years before she just like you know, she old had, person kind of dying. Yeah. She had a nice chill the rest of her life. 28 years to just be like, you know what? Remember all that shit we did when we were kids? <laughs> yeah. Wait, haha, nobody else can get that joke because no one was there. No They're one all else dead. Was, no one else survived my reign. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is dead, but I can ruminate. <laughs> um, and so, that's why she's the she-wolf. Yeah, so she was given an elaborate funeral from her son. Um, she was then buried in one place, but actually she requested... That her heart, and this is a common thing to have, like, your body and, like, your heart be buried in different spots. Really? Yes. So she, um, she requested that her heart be buried alongside her husband's heart. Aw. So I, that's why even now, like, years after she may or may not have had him killed. Oh. I, I genuinely think that there was always a part of her. Yeah. That whether it was because of, like, Christian duty to, like, your husband or whether it was, like, a queen's duty to her king, I think she genuinely felt affection for him. It might not have been romance. It might not have been, like, true love. I mean, she knew him since she was, like, 12. But I think she loved him as a person. Yeah. And the fact that she had her heart she buried with her hag. husband's heart. Yeah. yeah. She was just a beard for him, but she cared for him. Yeah. And so that does... I think they were definitely probably, like, best friends. Yeah. yeah. Like, they could have totally been if he wasn't had a dick to her and always... Left yeah. her when people were invading. Yes. They're like, so we're going to have a civil war and I'm going to go. I mean, it's like the whole thing of like, you know, you have a gay best friend. He's always out doing crazy shit, going on like, you know, one night stands with guys where you're like, dude, don't fucking do that. <laughs> I like, we're supposed to be like, I'm your fake girlfriend. Like, come on. But, and as much stupid shit as he does, she just can't hate him because he's such a charming guy. Yeah. And so... She dies eventually, and that's kind of the end of her story, but I just wanted to kind of talk about her legacy. Yeah. So I did say, of course, firstly, that she got to do all these incredible things, invading, deposing a king. She's really one of these early pioneers of, like, women taking charge. Yeah. And she survives it all. That's incredible. That's honestly, like, she's... Because a lot of girls in history have done, like, great bold things but they always end up being killed for it yeah and so, so the, the fact, fact that, that she, she survives is yeah. great she also um has her son edward the third who ends up becoming an incredible king he's someone that people look back on um kings after him always look back to him as kind of a model for kingship wow he went on to fight in scotland and in france the whole hundred years war starts kind of because of him trying to claim the throne through her so she has this warrior king son who really does well for himself. Um, she really kind of starts this whole line that will eventually lead into the Wars of the Roses. So that's kind of a mess, but wow. whatever. Um, and then lastly, the thing that I've been talking about sort of this whole time but never really got into, she becomes known as the She-Wolf of France. Now, this is something that she doesn't really become known as the She-Wolf of France until, like, the Victorian times. Mm. And originally, the, the phrase She-Wolf of France is from Shakespeare, um, so long before the Victorians, but he didn't use it for her. He actually used it, um, for anyone who's familiar with the whole Wars of the Roses period, there was another queen of England called Margaret of Anjou, who is, of course, also French, and she... Um, Shakespeare, in his play, 
Henry VI calls Margaret the she-wolf of France. And it's not until the Victorian times that um, a poet takes that moniker and gives it to Izzy. But she is now the one who's more commonly called the she-wolf. Mm. Um, even though technically it's Shakespeare gave it to Margaret. So they're kind of both she-wolves. They're like um, she-wolf friends. And that's, that's a, you know, like... These days, we would just call them, like, bosses. Boss bitches. And so, she-wolf was probably an insult, but I think that's, like, as close to a compliment for a queen of England that you could possibly get. I honestly agree. I would love to be called a she-wolf. Like, they knew what they wanted, and they went for it. And I respect that. People always thought that they were these women who were overreaching, Mm. but they were women who knew what they wanted, and they were willing to fight for it. Hell yeah. And I love that. So, that is the end of Edward and Izzy's story. Um, two crazy monarchs <laughs> um, who led the whole country through a weird period of time. But you know what? They came out the other side better than before. Except for Edward. Except for Edward and his butthole. <laughs> Edward's just a little bit crispier now. <laughs> I'm just going to point blank say, CJ, who yes. do you think the victim of this story is? Well, I definitely still stand by my claim that Isabella is the victim in terms of all the external conflicts that happen. Okay. Edward is definitely a victim of his own situation. Yeah. Gustavo is a victim of uh, just being murdered. Um, (laughs) And I think overall, I would have to say after thinking about it for a little bit, everyone in this story is a victim of their own own flaws. I think the one person who sort of initially seems like the victim of the story is Izzy. Um, She's just so mistreated for so long, and eventually she gets to kind of have her revenge. And And if you think about it, she got the chance at, you know, redemption that no one else got because they all died. Yeah. So really, are they more of a victim? Because maybe Edward could have changed and became a really good king if he was allowed to live a bit longer, maybe. Or they just needed to get rid of that bitch. True. All I'm saying is people people end up causing their own demise most of the time and making decisions for themselves that aren't the best. And I think Izzy got away lightly compared to a lot of the other characters. But at the same time, she did have to suffer a lot. So Yeah, Izzy suffers. End, everyone's a bit of a victim. Izzy suffers more, I think, in the beginning. But she's given the chance to have her, her big comeback yeah. scene. Um, and Gustavo gets, doesn't get a comeback scene. And even after she was, you know, like, kind of herself deposed by her own son. Yes. Even after that occurs, she gets 28 years of just kind of chilling. Right. Um, so really, who's the victim here? The ones who had to suffer but then got a life, you know, a life of chillness? Yeah. Or someone who had to, you know, got a bit of hedonistic fun but then ended up getting punished for it? Yeah, so I do think it's a really complicated, like, I, even now, I don't know that I have an answer. I feel bad for almost everyone in the story. So <laughs> this is one of those stories where hopefully I've told it in a way where you don't feel like someone's the bad guy and someone's the good guy. They've all got protagonist syndrome where everyone thinks that like... They're the most important person. Yeah, yeah. this is my story and everyone's being mean to me and <laughs> but I have to rise from the ashes. Exactly. So they all they all think that they're being a little bit mistreated. I'm sure Edward did with everyone trying to go against his oh, relationships. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's interesting that we kind of have similar takes on this that hmm. they're all sort of the victim and they're all sort of not the victim. It's just a mess. It's very gray. Um, but so that is the end of the episode. Firstly, uh, just wanted to say a huge thank you to CJ for coming on the thank show. Thank you for having me. And for learning some history. I feel like I learned a whole lot. That's good. I feel like... About buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the one thing that like, I hope the guest hosts actually sort of take something away when they leave. 
Oh, I definitely did. I honestly want to go watch that play now. I'm glad, yeah. You all should go watch it, too. Yeah. Um, and so, if CJ wants to give out any ways that you can find him... Uh, please uh, add me on Instagram at J C A L I S T U S J A Y. Same for Twitter. Um, yeah, just uh, I'm I'm a screenwriter, so one day I'll make a movie. You guys can go buy it. Um, and yeah, until then. You should do a you should do a movie version of Edward the Second. You know what? I'm actually very inspired right now. Maybe perhaps I'll uh, go and write something. Tonight. Yeah. Um, and then if you want to follow the show, you can do that. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Happy History Pod. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's at Happy Hour History Pod. Facebook is just Happy Hour History. My email is happyhourhistorypod at gmail.com. If you don't see the little cartoon me with the green background, then you found the wrong account. Um, so just check that first. Um, but as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Please feel free to contact me if you have questions or corrections. I'm sure I've said something wrong at some point. If you have any praise for me and you want to say how amazing I am, also feel free. Yeah, I would love to pass that along. I'm sure <laughs> CJ would like to see your praise. And um, if you guys have any topics you'd like for me to add to my list, I would absolutely love to hear what you guys want to learn about. So feel free to hit me up, and I will see you guys next time for an episode that I have no idea what it's going to be yet. So we will see what happens. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) 